When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The Sixers have ended trade talks on James Harden and plan to bring him back to training camp for the start of the season. When you think of it, there was only one team that had some type of interest in James talking about the Clippers. And the Clippers really weren't trying to give up a lot of assets for James. He and Joel Embiid don't quite fit together. You know, he has the utmost respect for Joel. But unfortunately, right, there was no market for James Harden. There was no one willing to step up and make those moves. Well, James Harden's Adidas event in China was about a lot more than just signature shoes. Canty and Carlin's on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. Let's go to an expert for the latest on Harden. Tim Bontemps joins us now, ESPN NBA writer. Tim, when you heard the comments of James Harden at a shoe event in China, he'll never play for the Sixers again. He called Daryl Morey a liar. What was your reaction? I mean, it's just really a continuation of a situation that's been going on since late June when James wanted out of Philly and, and opted into his deal, and nothing's really changed since then. I mean, obviously, this is an escalation of the situation, but you know, we've seen James potentially have, or we've seen him have ugly exits from places before, and you know, when he opted in, he lost his leverage on trying to get either a new contract, which he can't get, an extension, which he can't get, or a trade, because now... The ball is in Philly's court to make a deal. And so, you know, this is a, 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 an attempt by him, I think, to try to reassert some leverage on a situation that he just frankly doesn't have a lot of leverage in. Tim, if you had to prognosticate, what do you think happens next? I mean, it's hard to know what's going to happen next, really, because ultimately, you know, you look at this situation and you look at the Damian Lillard situation, I think they're both similar in that. There's really only one team that's truly motivated to go get Damian Lillard, and that's Miami, and Portland doesn't seem interested in making a deal with Miami. And there's not really any team that seems truly motivated to make a deal for James Harden because there's not you know, an obvious suitor out there that's willing to offer a bunch of stuff to get him on their team. You know, The difference between this and when he was in Houston trying to go elsewhere and ending up in Brooklyn and when he went from Brooklyn to Philly is that in those situations, they were, in the first case, two teams, and in the second case, one team that really wanted him on the team and was willing to give up significant assets to get him. It does not seem like that team exists right now. So there's not a lot of motivation for Philadelphia to make a trade. And so, therefore, we're in a bit of a stalemate, which I think is what led to James's comments in China. Because, as I said, he doesn't have a lot of leverage here. And, you know, this is, this is a way where he could potentially gain some. Tim Bontemps with us, ESPN NBA writer. What specifically, Tim, did Daryl lie to James about, as far as you know? Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to speculate on that. I mean, it's, you know, that's between the two of them. But, you know, it it almost doesn't really matter because ultimately, you know, if that relationship is not repaired and James isn't willing to play there, then, you know, then we're at a stalemate. So, I, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to speculate on what he's referring to, but... Uh, ultimately, this comes down to can 
that relationship be rectified and, and James Harden get on the court for the Sixers because I think in terms of his chances of getting paid next summer and the Sixers' chances of being as competitive as possible this season, I think the best path to that is James Harden playing well for the Sixers this season. And, you know, as of today, you know, it's hard to know if, if that scenario is going to play out or not. Tim, obviously James Harden is trying to make this as messy as possible so he can get his way and he can get out. How do you think other teams around the NBA are uh, are taking his behavior and the path that he's taking and trying to get what he wants? I mean, I don't. I, it'd be hard for anybody to be dramatically surprised by this only because we've seen this happen before. I mean, his exit from Houston was, uh, you know, I wouldn't say the most graceful one, and I would say his exit from Brooklyn was similar. So, you know, the fact that this is happening, I don't think is a shock. Um, but ultimately, this, like I said, this, I mean, this isn't, this just isn't that complicated a situation, right? It really comes down to leverage and who has leverage in these negotiations. And as of now, the side that has leverage here are the Sixers because James Harden is under contract and there's not a bidding war for teams to trade for him. So there's really no incentive for Philadelphia to trade him. So because of that, you know, as of now, it, that's where, you know, that's why I think this has gone the way it has because it's an attempt for James and his side to try to get some leverage in, in this situation. And as of now, I just don't think they have very much. And that's why it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out because I don't think there's an obvious way for either side to get out of the situation. I think they're both kind of stuck with each other. Tim, one last thing on Harden. I think it's confused fans. Okay. James Harden wants out. Well, then why did he opt into his contract? Shouldn't he have opted out and then he could have been a free agent and signed? He might not have made as much money, but he could have signed wherever the heck he wanted then. It's a great question. I mean, that, that I think is sort of the fundamental question in this whole thing is why did he opt in? Because when he opted in, that's where all his leverage went away. He, he ceded all of his leverage when he opted in. So that, I agree. That's If he's still on the Sixers and reports to training camp, that will be an interesting question to ask him, which is why did you opt into your contract? That, you know, because at that point, you did essentially hand over control of the situation to the Sixers as opposed to at least having the ability to, you know, put pressure on them in contract negotiations or threaten to sign elsewhere or whatever, that all went off the window when they opted in, um, you know, including the fact that if because of the way his contract was set up, he can't extend off his deal anyway. So, um, yeah, it, that, that is, that has certainly been an interesting wrinkle in this whole thing. And it's, it's part of why we're sitting here with this all going on today. Another tentacle of this, Tim, is Joel Embiid. He made those comments about how he wants to win a championship, whether it's in Philadelphia or elsewhere. How do you think this James Harden situation could impact Joel Embiid's future with the 76ers? Well, I mean, look, their best chance of having Joel Embiid on the team for the long term is to be a championship caliber team. And with James Harden, I think it's safe to say they're a championship caliber team. And without him, it's safe to say they're not. So, you know, that's why the Sixers aren't, rushing to trade him for 10 cents on the dollar, because if they do, they're not going to be good enough to really compete anymore. And with James, they are good enough to compete. I mean, they were a few minutes in game six away from beating Boston. If they do, I think they very well could have won the title. So, you know, I think it's reasonable for them not to run away from that kind of a team. And, um, you know, that's why the situation is where it is. And really that's the part of this. That's, that's the, the most important part. It's, you know, obviously James Harden is the one getting all the headlines, 
But the, the really important part of this is what does it mean for Joel Embiid? And that, that will remain to be seen because a lot of this does depend on where things go from here and um, you know what this team looks like over the next 12 months going into free agency next year. Tim Bontemps with us, ESPN NBA writer. Tim, which situation is closer to a resolution, the Harden situation or the Lillard situation? Honestly, I don't think either one is really close to one. So I would I would say they're the same. I would say, you know, there's there's not in, there's nothing that's indicated Portland is making a deal anytime soon, and there's nothing that's indicated Philadelphia is making a deal anytime soon. And so I, I think as of now, you just have to count on them both being in the same situation and, until – something changes and I'm not sure in either case when something's going to change. Well, Tim, I guess like this is just stalemate for everybody. Keep your phone on and if anything changes, I'm sure you'll get a text. Appreciate the time. Thank you, Tim. Of course, guys. Thank you. That's Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer. Michelle, it it just seems like a wall for Mm -hmm. both of these situations. And I, I don't know. I think Harden might have to go back and play for the Sixers. I know he said he never would. Right. What about, what if they fired Daryl Morey? I guess that would change the dynamic, right? But is that really the path that you want to take? That this player could hold you in such purgatory that you fire an executive because he determined that this person wasn't worth a certain contract? Like, they've already determined that James Harden's value is here. So why would you then fire the executive that made that decision when you guys collectively know he's not the problem? Well, I mean, the reality of it is the way our country works is that the market dictates how much somebody is worth. You know how much uh, Bradley Beal is worth? You know how much Jalen Brown is worth? Well, the Celtics told you how much. Right. He's worth the gr- biggest contract in NBA history. He's getting $300 million. Well, James Harden had a chance to go out on the open market. I don't think anybody wanted to pay him the max. Mm-hmm. Like, sorry, a few years ago, there would have been teams falling all over themselves to clear cap space for James Harden. But... He's sort of been his own worst enemy, Michelle, and the reason that he's not worth as much because he has this reputation. One thing goes wrong. He quits on your team. He disappears. He gains 25 pounds overnight. He stops playing hard. Like, those are all parts of James Harden's legacy, in addition to being the 2018 NBA MVP. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. We talked about this Embiid angle with Tim Bontemps there. And I think that's actually, it's the most important part of this story, but it's the part that not as many people are actually talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Because James Harden, is, of course, his skill set makes him valuable, but his, his the way that he helps Joel Embiid on the court and what Joel Embiid's future is going to be with the Philadelphia 76ers is of utmost importance. They need to retain him. They know that he has already kind of opened that door to say, I want to win, whether it's in Philadelphia or not. Then he, of course, tweeted that he was trolling a bit. But everybody knows that that's likely the case. He has been loyal to them. He's done everything he could to bind to the process and help bring a championship to Philadelphia. But Aaron, if I'm these NBA players, I'm looking around at all of my peers and I'm saying, if 
look at Damian Lillard. Why am I going to remain faithful and loyal to this organization if they can't get it done? I'm looking at everybody else, find their way out, team up with their buddies, and get a really good shot of winning this thing. He's already had the individual accolades. He finally got the MVP. This is somebody who wants to win. And if James Harden's situation causes the 76ers to not be as competitive as they could be this year, I have no doubt that that's going to impact what Joel Embiid wants to do moving forward. Michelle, he's never been to the conference finals in his That's career. Crazy. Let me let like James Harden. Let me repeat that. He's never been to the conference finals in his career, which is pretty outlandish and out uh, and outrageous. He's also been in the East, which for most of his career has been the inferior of the two conferences. The other thing I think he has to consider is this is not a player who's going to play until he's 40 years old and still be at the top of his game like LeBron James or something. This is a guy who has been as injured as any superstar in the modern game. He came into the league and didn't play. Almost every year he gets banged up. So one of the things I have to think about if I'm in beat, I don't want to waste any more time. Yeah. Because I don't know, every time he jumps... And the way he falls, it feels like it could be the last time he's ever able to jump again in the NBA. Big men with feet problems and back problems and leg problems. I don't know, man. The clock is ticking for him more so even than the average superstar. And I'm sure he he acknowledges that and he feels that, whether he's going to say it publicly or not. I, I bet all of these guys, I, I mean, more so him because of everything that you just out, outlined, but... All of these guys know that they have a finite amount of time to win. I I look at the Damian Lillard situation. He is probably looking at the the end of his career on the horizon. He's looking at all of these other super teams being assembled. And he's thinking, I don't have any more time to waste. All of these guys know that. I guess it's the one thing, Aaron, about the NBA, though, is that things change so drastically season to season. And all of these players are getting moved around like chess pieces all of the time. And the complexities of these teams change that I guess the way you you view it year to year could be different. But, yeah, I, I would feel that sense of urgency if I was in beat for sure. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Michelle Smallman. All right, Michelle, I have two very half, you know, what not very well thought out ideas. Oh, is I guess those the are way the best I'll kind. put this. Okay, let me let's just spitball with each other about this situation for a second. <laughs> okay. Let me let me present one to you, and you tell me why I'm crazy. Love that. Is there a world in which the Sixers should say screw it and just trade Joel Embiid right now? He's healthy. You could maximize what you could get. I mean, you could get a mountain of assets. He's the MVP of the league. He's coming off winning the award last year. Maybe you've come to the realization that the process needs to be reset, except for this time it's not going to take nearly as long because you could score a ton of draft picks and capital if you just go ahead and rip off the Band-Aid now. And maybe you need to come to terms with the idea Joel Embiid's not going to play his entire career in Philadelphia regardless. So you're saying publicly admit the process was a bust, yep. move on from Embiid at the peak of his career, lean into the next era with Tyrese Maxey, and try to recalibrate. That's what I you're mean, telling me. So, yeah, and I, and I think beyond that, I'm not sure you could say that it was a bust. They just kind of got some unlucky breaks. Ben Simmons totally psychologically fell apart as a basketball player, went from all-star to completely unplayable. Embiid couldn't stay healthy when he did. You know, we had some fun times. Uh, He won an MVP award. We got to some playoff runs. 
I mean, I, I'm sure this isn't what Nick Nurse signed up for when he took that job, but I think there's part of me that feels like this is actually their best strategy at this point. They screwed up Markel Foltz. They screwed up Jimmy Butler. Yep. They went all in on Tobias Harris. They made so many mistakes during the course of this. Maybe it's time for them to just kind of hit the reset button. But I don't know. I was just going to bring up Butler and Markel Foltz. I don't know how you can, when you look at the quote-unquote process era in totality, not say that it was a bust. Have you had some measure of success? Sure. But if you don't win or you don't get to a certain point, I I don't think you can really call it successful. And I mean, think, what was that draft? It was Lonzo Ball, or it was, excuse me, Markel Fultz, number one, Ball, two, and Jason Tatum, Tatum three. You had yep. Jason Tatum there, and you chose Markel Fultz instead. You yep. you really, when you look, that was kind of the inception, the genesis of the process era. And you started off with a massive mistake. And yes, you hit on some other guys, Joel Embiid, namely being one of them. But when I think the process, and I know that Sam Hinkie didn't intend for it to be this way when he uttered those words, trust the process. I think the process and the label of the process is almost the worst thing that could have happened to them. Because by making that the slogan, you're implying that there's the big payoff at the end. Trust the process. We're going to be watching confetti fall at the end of this. And if you don't get that payoff, it feels like a disappointment and a failure. I just wonder what the plan is now that it appears like Harden's not coming back there. I mean, for anything, if he's on the roster, he's just not going to show up. If he does show up, he'll make life miserable for everybody. He's already proven this, that that's the way it would go. If you bring him to training camp, you think he's going to be in shape? No. He's going to be ready to go for the season? No. This is so mean. But my wife, the last time he did this in Brooklyn, you remember he like gained 20 pounds and then lost it? When he got to Philadelphia and started just playing great, and my wife started calling him James Olive Harden because of the point, which is not, but it's fair. It's what's happened. Like you, you look. It almost looks like he gets in a bodysuit when he stops caring, and then all of a sudden he loses all the weight and fluctuates around. Never shows up in a big game. I don't know if a core of him and Embiid. I guess Bontemps can say they were close. I'll never trust Joel Embiid or James Harden in a big game. And I I just, I think they've earned that label. Let me pitch you my other sort of crazy idea here for the Sixers. Okay. Involving the Sixers. I watch what um, Lionel Messi is doing right now in the United States. Packed houses every time he plays. Mm -hmm. I think opponents are just um, honored to be on the same field as him. (laughs) He's accomplished a lot and made a ton of money at the highest levels of European soccer. He just won the World Cup on the international stage. Am I crazy to suggest that what might be the best thing for Harden is to take mega money and play internationally? Doesn't that just fit him somehow? Can't you envision waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch James Harden and the Shanghai Sharks try to win the Chinese Basketball League. Like, isn't isn't this something you could see at some point in the relatively near future? Should James Harden just stay in China? Okay, interesting. Didn't know we were going to go down this road. Let's, let's marinate on this for a second. So, with the Messi comp, he has 
checked every box. He got the World Cup. He he got the le- he, I mean he was already the goat, but he he got that legacy defining moment that he so desperately craved. So now he's like, why wouldn't I take this massive payday, school all all of these teams in America and chill in Miami? Amazing. I don't know if living in China if you're James Harden is the same thing as living beachside if you're Lionel Messi. I also think Aaron James Harden does like it would be such a think about the ego at play here. Okay, this is somebody that is trying to force his way off his third team in three years, and he's looking at every single one of these scenarios and yeah. not thinking that it's his fault. He thinks I am the solution, they're the problem. So he would never be able to check his ego in that way and say, okay, they okay. don't want to give me the money, then okay. I'll take a payday internationally. He thinks that he can win a championship. It's just the team's fault around him, or the front office's fault, I should say, because I know he's not blaming his teammates. He thinks it's the front office's fault for not valuing him correctly. Well, I'm not sure that winning an NBA championship is really all that important to him. If it was, he'd just go back to Philly. No, because that's... <laughs> The best situation for him to try and go to, or he would have opted out and, I don't know, signed for $12 million. Like we talked about, for the mid-level exception, he could have gone wherever he wanted. Miami, right. Lakers, you know, he could have, Denver, he could have decided to, to go to another team. He decided not to do that. So I think for him, I wonder if in his mind, making all the money, he's checked every box plus. Can you imagine, like, like Stefan Marbury before him, who did the same thing, and he's kind of like the Stefan Marbury, just maybe a little bit better of this generation. Mm-hmm. He went to China and was the happiest he's ever been. He dominated the Chinese basketball league. He made the market size there is just so massive. The shoes that Marbury sold there. I don't know. If I was advising James Harden, I might tell him, look, we actually only booked you a one-way ticket. And you're not coming back home. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, good bet, bad bet, Chiefs, Eagles. We get into it. I'm Aaron Goldhammer and Michelle Smallman on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. We've got the odds. What are the odds? Now it's your turn to decide. May the odds be ever in your favor. Is that a good bet or a bad bet? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. We're on Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Michelle Smallman. And it's time for us to play another edition of Good Bet, Bad Bet. We get the bet from our producer, Eric. Michelle and I decide whether it is a good one or a bad one. All odds on Good Bet, Bad Bet, courtesy of our friends at Caesar Sportsbook. Eric, let's get it started. And we're talking about the two teams on two-a-days today, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, let's start with the runner-up from last season, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their win total currently on Caesar Sportsbook is 11.5. So the over is plus 110 and the under is minus 130. So, Aaron, I'll start with you. Good bet or bad bet? Or should, excuse me. I should say over or under 11.5 wins. I, I, uh, that number is right where it should be, isn't it? I'm going to say the over. I think. I just think they're really, really good. Uh, they'll beat the Commanders twice, and I think they'll beat the Giants twice. They'll probably split with Dallas. So to me already, that's 5-1 and one in the division. That means they only need to win seven more games. The over also has a little bit of uh, positive juice on it at plus 110. I guess I'll take the over, Michelle. I'll take the over as well. They won, what, 14 games last year, and Jalen Hurts wasn't available the final two. Right. I think that they have a... When you look at their strength of schedule, they're right there in the middle of the pack, kind of on the lower end of the spectrum of the middle of the pack. So I would feel comfortable taking the over here. I think that they'll be just as good, if not better, than they were last season. All right, what do you got next? All right, let's go to the wide receiver position in A.J. Brown. And A.J. Brown, at the most leading the NFL in receiving touchdowns, I should say, is at plus 1,500. I kind of like that number. Michelle, did you like that number? I like that number. So he was... Right underneath it last year, 1,496. And if I'm keeping that same logic and thinking that Jalen Hurts is going to take another step and we'll see this Eagles team be that much better this year, I think I kind of have to go with the over. So repeat this for me. It's receiving touchdowns that we're talking about? Oh, I thought you said receiving yards. No, it's plus 1,500 on receiving touchdowns. Oh, Um, read that incorrectly. I will say oh, that, that he'll I have the most receiving touchdowns. Touchdowns, right. So I, I think that that's a bad bet because I just think there are so many weapons in the Philadelphia offense 
I think like Justin Jefferson, that Vikings are very reliant upon their one top receiver. I would be much more apt to pick a guy like that. Michelle, you want to redo? On this uh, I'm question? just saying, can we just like, it's on, we've got the numbers on the screen. It says receiving. I see 1,500. I'm looking at his stats. He was right under 1,500 receiving yards last year. I came to a wrong conclusion, but I just want the record to stay. Thank you, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> that it's a bit confusing on the screen. <laughs> there he goes, riding on into town, everybody. Cotton Eye Joe. Here to steal up your girl. Bed, bad, bad. Here to steal your girl. I think I twisted my ankle just now. See, Shannon, I knew Shannon's that you, dancing. I knew you were into it. I saw you with the shoulder move Shannon earlier Shannon making the show. history right now on ESPN Radio. <laughs> he claims he's the first non-white person to ever dance to Cotton Eye Joe. It is, it, is a historical, it. it is a historical moment here live on ESPN Radio. Good bet, bad bet. We roll on. Here's more Eric. All right, I'll try to explain this one a little bit better. We're going to go to Jalen Hurts winning the MVP award. A lot of people thought he was going to win it last season before he got hurt. Yeah. That number on Caesar Sportsbook is plus 900. So, Aaron, good bet, bad bet. Jalen Hurts MVP That's at plus 900. That's a good bet. That's a good bet because I think they're going to win a lot of games. And I also think, Michelle, there's a little Mahomes fatigue factor here where everybody, to win the MVP, I feel like he's going to have to throw 50 touchdowns or something. What do you think? I think this is a good bet. I think Jalen Hurts is certainly going to be in the conversation. And because he got injured at the end of last year, everybody's going to be rooting for him. And you're right. We are so sick of the same person winning it over and over and over again. Um, Out of all the bets on the board today, this is the one that I would take. All right. uh, Canty and Carlin and Cotton Eye Joe. I'm Aaron (laughs) Goldhammer, Michelle Smallman with you, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Let's go over to the Chiefs side of things on a little good bet, bad bet. Eric, what do you got for us on Kansas City? All right, Kansas City's win total is also at 11.5, although it's more favored to be over at minus 135, the under at plus 105. Michelle, 11.5 wins for the Chiefs, over or under? Hmm. I know that their strength of schedule is on the higher end of the spectrum. Um, But you know what? I'm still going to take the over. They won, what, 14 games last year? I think I'm comfortable taking the over on that one. I mean, Mahomes just doesn't lose. No. He's never lost in division on the road. Again, let me repeat that like James Harden. He's never lost in division on the road. I'm going to take the over. I think that's a good bet. I'm just, you know, it's the last thing Kansas City Chief fans need is another season where they just ho-hum win 12, 13, 14 games. Next! Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, led the league in passing yards last season, and he's currently favored to do so again at plus 400. So, Aaron, good bet or bad bet, the most regular season passing yards being uh, Patrick Mahomes at plus 400. I actually think this is a bad bet. I know he still has Kelsey. That group of wide receivers, to me, is a little eye-opening when you look at it. They're counting on Kadarius Tony to be their number one guy. I think they're going to have trouble getting open in some games this year. I don't know that he's going to lead the league in passing yards again. I think that's a bad bet. Michelle? Who do you think would be the, the person to beat him out there? Who would you put your money on if it wasn't him? Because that's where my mind goes. I'm with you with the, the wide receivers, but I just think who else is going to do it if not him? Josh Allen, Buffalo... Uh, Joe Burrow, if he's healthy at the Justin start of the Herbert, year Justin Herbert, maybe? Yeah, Justin Herbert. Aaron Rodgers, maybe? Uh, Deshaun Watson has done it before. Aaron Rodgers at plus 2,000, so Ooh, maybe some value there. Uh, I know. The, part of it, too, you want a team like the Chargers that plays in the warm weather. I don't mind Herbert, actually, for that. 
judging also based on the change in offense they have with the new coordinator coming in. All right, last one. we got time for one more, Eric. Go ahead. And if you are interested in putting some money on Herbert, he is the second uh, shortest odds at plus 600 for most passing guards in the NFL this season. All right, last one. We're going to combine our two two two-a-days teams, the Super Bowl champion Chiefs versus the runner-ups in the Philadelphia Eagles. Who will be the last undefeated team this year? The bet, uh, excuse me, the odds for that Eagles are favored at plus 700 and the Chiefs and Bengals at plus 750. Let's narrow it down to those two. Eagles and Chiefs are two a day uh, teams today. Michelle, which one would you say would be the last undefeated team in the regular season this year? I like the Eagles bet far more than the Chiefs, strictly because of the strength of schedule and the teams on, on said schedule. So I don't know. I might take the Eagles. I might take that one as a good bet. Look, the, the Chiefs start with the Lions, which is a game I think they'll easily win on that Thursday night. But listen to the Eagles. They start at New England, home versus Minnesota, at Tampa and Washington, so those are easy. Then they go to the Jets in the middle of October. I kind of like neither of those because I feel <laughs> like the the schedule is full of landmines. I guess I'll pick Kansas City at plus 750, get a little better odds if I could pick one. Thank you, Eric. That is another edition of Good Bet bad bet up next play of the night and history will be made this nba season we'll explain i'm aaron goldhammer michelle smallman espn radio and the espn app hi it's mike greenberg letting you know espn bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring the official sports book of espn has exclusive offers and markets from scott van pelt stephen a smith and me plus many more from the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. We're going to the NBA. 
to the NBA. How about the WNBA? For tonight's play of the night, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, I'm Aaron Goldhammer and Michelle Smallman. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. You can bundle and save by going to Progressive.com. I like the Aces tonight at 9 o'clock Eastern in what is a big game in the WNBA. Uh, Becky Hammond coming off of her uh, induction into the Basketball Hall of Fame. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the red-hot New York Liberty. But I will take the Aces to cover the seven-and-a-half tonight in Vegas. So again, my pick, Aces minus seven-and-a-half over the Liberty. We're going to the WNBA for tonight's play of the night. It's time for three and out. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Canty and Carlin with hammer and small. That's the story of the day. Is Cotton Eye Joe? Did you know Cotton Eye Joe is part of ESPN's broadcast team for the NBA Finals? No. Doris Burke, Doc Rivers, with Mike Breen, named ESPN and ABC's top NBA crew, which I can't wait to hear this team together because I think they're going to be awesome. And Michelle, shout out to Doris. She's the first woman to serve as a game analyst on television for a championship final in one of the four major professional sports, as if she didn't already have cred as one of the best in the business she is going to yes. be tremendous. So I wanted to say congratulations. As her former intern, I wow. wanted to say congrats to Doris Burke. I didn't know you were Doris Burke's intern. That's I want those stories. Amazing. Those are good stories. I would, to, summer of 2004, I worked for the New York Liberty. Doris Burke was doing the announcing with Bob Wischusen. And the games were at Radio City Music Hall because of cool. one of the political conventions was going on at Madison Square Garden. Uh-huh. So the games were on a stage. Like Becky Hammond would go diving for loose balls into the orchestra pit. Wow. And I was at every game and I, I worked with Doris. It was it was incredible. Uh, we're what proud of her. Also, listen to this, Michelle. Hubie Brown is 90. Wow. One of the voices of the NBA and has been a long time. He's going to be calling games for the NBA on ESPN again this year. So shout out to Hubie. I mean, there's history here in a couple of respects that's just really, really cool. Absolutely. Shout out to Hubie for uh, maintaining a standard of excellence up, up until 90 years old. I'm interested to see what it sounds like with those three in the booth, including Doc Rivers. But obviously, Aaron, massive news having Doris Burke be the first woman to, to do this. She is so deserving of this, so outstanding. And as a female in this industry, I just find her to be so inspiring and i can't wait to watch her do this and you know her breaking this ceiling for a lot of other women it's it's really awesome so i look forward to watching her get it done i have no doubt that she's going to be amazing i mean even cotton eye joe has to genuinely <laughs> the riz king himself cotton eye joe <laughs> in front of in front of the great doris burke you know what the players think of her says a lot michelle yes. and all the from steph to dame to lebron i've seen it like, they respect her as much as anybody who covers the game. Uh, today is International Left-Handers Day, National Prosecco Day, and National Filet Mignon Day. And it also, this was Sunday, represents Michelle's birthday. And you like all of those things. I love all of these things. Yes, yesterday was my birthday, so we always 
check to see what day it is here on Canty and Carlin. International this, national this day. Yesterday, International Left-Handers Day on my birthday. I happen to be left-handed. National Prosecco Day, one of my favorite beverages. And National Filet Mignon Day, only my favorite cut of steak. So it feels like yesterday was, in fact, made for me. How odd to be left-handed because I feel like you're always <laughs> bumping into the right-handed person who's sitting next to you. Do you run into this as a problem? Like if you're at a restaurant sitting next to somebody, is it a constant issue? Yeah, so there's a lot of lefties in my family. So when we gather for family dinners, all of the lefties sit on one side so that we're not bumping elbows. But I'll tell you, the biggest struggle being a left-hander, which I guess is kind of becoming obsolete in today's world, is when you write on papers and you get the, the ink yeah. You know what I mean? On your hand, because you're dragging yeah. your hand across as you're writing. Yeah. Big time yeah. struggle. Weird how the brain works like that, that some yeah. people are left-handed. And a lot of times the left-hand, left-handers hand left are better athletically because yeah. they could also do more with their right hand than I can do with my left. If I tried to hit a golf ball left-handed, oh my God, it might be the most disgusting thing this side of Charles Barkley from five years ago. <laughs> Trying to hit a golf ball. So let me be the 70,000th person to wish Michelle Smallman a happy, <laughs> happy <you>. birthday. <laughs> I also want much. to say congratulations to Cotton Eye Joe, clearly the winner of today's edition of Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Up next, Cotton Eye Joe and Amber will be next <laughs> right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.